We talked about the craft. Now it's time to go even deeper. We're going to take a deep dive. All right, guys, welcome to Going Deeper for the Craft on the Forbidden Cinema Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And let's do this. Yes. So the first thing that I have written down, the the witches of Eastwick, or, or the, the bitches of Eastwick, right. are all about. So, And I just was absolutely certain that this was something old and had been around for a while, and I was completely wrong. Right. I mean, book, we, what, 1984, movie 1987, Jack Nicholson, Cher, other ladies that I don't remember off the top of my head, but um, I still think this is too old for a teenager to be making a reference in 1995, 96? Somewhere around there, 96, I think. Right. They were were making it in 90, it's all the same. Right, exactly. I mean, my, thinking of... Us in 95, 96, it's all the same. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, so a movie in 1987, a, a teen- Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, hot ladies. Woo! Good for them. A teenager making a, a quip. Because that's what they're making. They're making a joke. They think it's ha 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 hilarious that they're saying the bitches of Eastwick in 1996. When the movie came out in 1987, I mean, they were children. Why do they even know this exists? I don't think that that works. That's a bunch of old dudes writing the screenplay who think they're hilarious. I feel like the Witches of Eastwick had enough cachet that I would have known that it was a thing. I, I don't know if I would have known anything about it. I wouldn't have known about John Updike. I wouldn't have known about his themes of of. Protestant middle class no. mi- Midwest America and the problems they solve. I don't. Th- I don't think I would have got that. But I think no, I would have known I mean, the I, Wishes of Eastwick was a movie. It was a movie, but I don't think it's it's joke worthy in this late of a movie um, to teenagers because. I mean, we know movies, you know movies to a certain level, I know movies to a certain level, but I don't think your average teen is going to know this movie. I don't remember this preview. I mean, I know it was Jack Nicholson because my mother loathes Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Everything Jack Nicholson adjacent, it was forbidden. So, I mean, that could be a whole category all of its own. Oh, my. I mean... So all this talk about these ladies just makes me think about the next to last thing we did before the pandemic hit. We went to Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we're going to Vegas. We've already got tickets to see a show. We get there and we find out the hotel we're staying in, Cher is playing downstairs. Yes, it was. uh, was, We looked. I think there was maybe two tickets, but we were there with with uh, two other couples. It may even only have been one ticket. But I think it was two tickets that were not together. There, yeah, we would have had to experience Cher separately. I would have seen Cher next to someone else who was there <laughs> seeing Cher on their own. Right. It could have been interesting. I think it could have been great. It could, yeah, very much so. But so we went, um, 
we were there for for birthday and they got tickets to see a Michael Jackson impersonator who was amazing. Phenomenal. Nothing bad about him. Nothing bad to say, but there are many things in this world and then there's share. True. And anything in this world that is not share is just not share. It's not share. I mean, the one thing that share can do that we can't do is turn back time. <laughs> I hope she's turning back time. She's wearing some of those outfits at seventy five. She is. Who I don't know what she's doing. She she maybe is a witch. She might piece. be a witch. A she may have sold her soul to the she devil. She might have, or or she's a cut scene from Death Becomes Her. Share. <laughs> uh, reach out to us and let us know what your secret is. Oh my gosh, uh, I want in. For sure. It can't just be hard work and, and good nutrition. There has no. to be some sort of witchcraft there. And I want to know. Yeah. I'm, we all want to know. We're not going to burn you at the stake. We're not going to nothing bad. We just went in. Yep. We're all, we're all about it. <laughs> okay. So moving on. Moving on. Okay. So we have Parents Guide. So we've discovered Common Sense Media. And I think that we're probably going to spend some time looking at yes. this. I think this will probably become part of our our episodes going forward. That's a whole thing about what we're about. I mean, we're we're experiencing the cinema because we were it was held back from us and because of some sort of editorial you know, comments, whether, you know, I don't think our parents were dialed in to any kind of group media, but it was just the parents' like group chat prior to group chats. Yeah, we haven't taken the time to really figure out what common sense media truly means, where it comes from, but uh, it basically their main thing is that it is a campy teen witch thriller, more violent than fun. Uh, we have not present positive messages, not present positive role models and representations. We have four out of five on violence, three out of five on sex, four out of five on language, two out of five on consumerism, three out of five on drinking, drugs, and smoking. Talk to me about that. What do you, hmm. you think that's an accurate representation? Fairly. I do think this movie was more violent than I expected. Um, really more from its intent than its actual violence. I mean, we didn't see a ton of violence perpetrated towards people, but we saw a lot of violence suggested. We, we talked about it, that the, that the girls at the end were really pushing Robin. Um, oh, what's her actual name? Like Robin Tunney. No, I, that's her name, but the actress's name, but what's the character's name? Cause all I have in my head is Robin Tunney and then like Alexis Bledel. But, <laughs> so, I mean, sorry, sorry, Robin Tunney, you, you kind of blended in. Um, but she, you know, they're suggesting and also, and more than suggesting because we've seen that they have some power of suggestion in a higher level that she commits suicide. And that's, that's going to the extreme. I mean, we were, they're friends. They are, they're tight. They needed her. They're part of the, she's the quad. And then all of a sudden they want her dead. That's, that's big. Um, you know, the other things they say, what sex three out of five. That seems a, about right. There's a lot of talk about sex, but there's nobody's bumping and grinding. I mean, there's there's one situation of bumping and grinding, but we we also have an attempted rape. I 
don't know where that falls. I, I mean, in the put 90s, that into violence and not sex. I would too, but I don't know that the '90s is that woke. True, true. I think, think a four that, out of five on language is a little much. I don't remember much language in this at all. I think honestly, a three out of five on drinking drugs and smoking. There was no hard drugs, but the smoking and drinking. I mean, every. But that was that didn't seem out of place for me for this kind of movie. I mean, all right, we just like truth be told, and we will we will talk about this further we just ordered a case or half a case of the wine that they're drinking and then after the fact realize it is like four percent alcohol so no, it's it is 0.5 is considered point. a non-alcoholic wine y'all ariel cabernet sauvignon is a non-alcoholic wine so these girls might have actually been able to right, legally buy able this to buy stuff it. and now we have six bottles of it y'all what are we supposed to do with that <laughs> if anybody wants one right 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 send us let us know Send us your home address and we will ship it we to you. We will ship it to you because... Uh, we're going to drink one and we're going to report on it. it. It has not... As of press time, it has not arrived. But we... There will be five more bottles and what is the point? No. If you're curious, let us know. Get us at uh, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And legit 100 percent we will First send it five to people that send us your home address we will not come to your house and murder you we will <laughs> mail you a bottle of ariel cabernet yes Sauvignon. we will send it to you because we'll sign it if you want we'll i i have philosophies on drinking calories they need to be alcoholic period i do not drink <laughs> calories unless they are going to be alcoholic <laughs> What's the point? I no. mean, a Coca-Cola? I mean, oh, even at on, this point, people. you know, caffeine, no. Like, caffeine is not even worth it for calories. Caffeine is coffee only. Um, alcohol is the only calories I will drink. Yes. <laughs> so, disappointed about that. But now we're down to it. They could have gotten that on their own. It was basically like the duels of wine. Surely if one of them, I think you had to be 18 to buy non-alcoholic beer in probably. Tennessee. I don't know what what, uh, what California's like. It was probably less than that. It probably had to be 12. I don't know. <laughs> but they could have... What's the point? Non-alcoholic wine? What are you doing? I mean, what is going have, on here? They could have stolen wine from um, What's-Her-Face's mom and stepdad. That would have been so easy. That they Where do they even find like, this? How is this even bad? I mean, I, everything I, they're doing is supposed to be quote-unquote bad. They're, they're smoking. They're, they're doing witchcraft. And they can't even get real wine. Come on. I'm disappointed that this is even still available for, the, to, for us to have ordered. Why 25 is, years later and we can still get this crap without the disclosure on Vivino it's, right Vivino which we come on Vivino we trust you it is an 86% match for us on Vivino no no, no, no I take no, that as a no. personal assault I mean we drink we don't drink expensive wines but we have like pretty decent wine taste for Vivino to suggest that a 0.4% alcohol wine is an 86% match for us. What's, what, what are the tasting notes? The bottom 26% of wines from Ugh. Napa Valley. Ugh. Okay. Um, this is classified as a Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. I feel like being classified as bullcrap. <laughs> right. Like, why can it even be classified as any of those things? It has uh, slightly bold versus light. Okay. Uh, a good mix of tannic and smooth. Good mix of dry and sweet. Good mix of soft and acidic. Tasting notes of red fruit, oak, and black fruit. Uh, I think from- that is the most generic description I've 
ever seen. A good mix of this versus that. A good mix of good versus evil. I mean, what does that even mean? Okay, so uh, K-N-E-M-C-F says, For a de-alcoholized wine, this isn't bad. It's dry and not cloyingly sweet. Though it is a bit too sweet for me, I kind of taste mushrooms. Ew. Y'all, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm really disappointed. I feel really duped. Uh, Had it in 2018 this. and enjoyed it! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Well, it's 2021. We've gone through a lot of whatever. I have higher expectations <laughs> for my alcoholic beverages post-2020. Yeah, after coronavirus... 0.5% just not gonna cut doesn't it. cut it. Not going to cut it. What are we mixing this with? We I have- mean, we're like 130 proof on our bourbons now. Let's, I let's mean, this get is it a, maybe is maybe this is a base for some sort of sangria. I don't know. Okay, I'm listening. Maybe throw some brandy in there or maybe. something. We'll see. We'll see. We'll let y'all know. But if we do have five people, let's say they really want it, we will 100% send I will, it to you. We will mail it to you. Shipping is on us. Yep. Okay. Done. Send us an email. We'll, yep. we'll send it to you. Um, I have Faison and Breckenmeyer. Right. So I did a, I, it's not a deep dive. It's just a quick search. They, <laughs> it's just an IMDb search. Right. So much search. Um, they're of the same age. So why is he not in this movie? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's, there's definitely some lack of representation for this movie. I don't know if that's on purpose because of the, the issues that we're dealing with. I mean, that could have been a choice, but I, I don't know. At this point, I don't want to say we're still dealing in some some levels of tokenism, but we are. And that's, that's disappointing, but we are. I just feel like you could replace any generic guy in this movie with Donald Faison, and it, and it makes it better. It would make it better, but it would also make the guys more important and more interesting. And is that uh, what we're trying to do? Brecken Meyer is kind of... He is making them seem more sympathetic. And maybe it's just... Just barely. Maybe it's because we know Breckenmeyer and who he became. I think that's... And we love him now. I think that's true. I think he gets a lot of retroactive credit for this movie. I think... he's a real D-bag going on here. Oh, yeah. He is. I mean, we've got him. We've got Skeet Ulrich, who we do not trust 100%. And then we have unnamed, no-named, what's-his-freaking-face. I mean, if we had two members of DuJour... <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing. We that that would be amazing, and and it would take away. But that would also I I don't know what what Donald Faison was doing a hundred percent at this time. When was Clueless versus this? A couple of years before, I think. Clueless was before. Yeah. So Donald Faison was a thing, but this isn't really a comedy, and that's where Donald Faison kind of shines. I mean, Breckenmeyer at this point is just sarcasm. Okay. He's just like kind of a beacon for sarcasm. Like I said, I mean, him and Seth Green are really fighting tooth and nail for parts. And I would love to see Donald Faison in this because I love him. I mean, I have a, you know, guy love means like guys <laughs> loves. Um, whatever. guy love between two guys. Right, exactly. I love them. Donald Faison is amazing. But I do think he would have like had a level of attention to this movie in this movie that they weren't going for okay i see what you're saying there I, but i am disappointed i would have loved it it would have made it a better film i agree it would have made it slightly funnier than it wanted to be but that wouldn't have hurt i don't think yeah I, it might have made rapey skeet Ulrich a Ugh. little weirder 
I mean, he but was they weird did, enough. He was weird enough, and they did. I mean, they really like sidestep moonwalked away from that hard as yeah. if that was not a big deal. <laughs> so then we moved straight into Robin Tunney and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, and the fact that I don't know the difference between the end of days and the sixth day. Who does? And they came out one year apart. <laughs> right. So nobody. Does. They both have. They're both about days. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think the sixth day wants to be a Philip K. Dick thing about uh, about cloning. Okay. And it does not have Robin Tunney in it. It has Sarah Winter in it. Okay. Uh, End of Days is the film that has Robin Tunney in it. It's the one with Gabriel Byrne and Kevin Pollack and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger fights the devil with a shotgun. Okay. So we've got androids versus devils. Yes. Okay. I mean, just straight up walks into a church and attacks the devil with a sawed-off shotgun. All right. That's the end of the film. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that's the only way that Arnold Schwarzenegger knows how to attack any being, whether in the, you know, ethereal world or or standard. True. <laughs> we did talk about me standing in line at midnight at Tower Records on West End Avenue in mm-hmm. Nashville to buy the the End of Days soundtrack. Yes. And so I've actually got that soundtrack pulled up. Okay. Okay. Run Song number one, Corn. Yeah. Song number two, Everlast. Yeah. Number three is Professional Murder Music. Okay. Four, of course, Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Okay. So five is Oh My God by Guns N' Roses. Okay. And I got to looking at this. This album came out about five years to the day from when the Spaghetti Incident came out. Which, can we talk about Spaghetti Incident? I mean, is that's the lamest album I've ever heard. I mean, Guns N' Roses, that's disappointing. Spaghetti Incident. That's something your four-year-old has is, is a Spaghetti <laughs> Incident. But just... When you're 18 years old, five years is an eternity ago. Nine, it like is. 13 to 18. I mean, there are movies that came out 10 years ago that I haven't watched. And I think, oh, that just came out. Like, is it still in theaters? Or right. did that come out yet? And I realized, oh, no, that came out a decade ago. I mean, 13 to 18, yes. But, like, at 13, were you a Guns N' Roses fan? No, but I discovered Guns N' Roses in my teenage years, mm-hmm. and they were already gone, and they've right. been gone for a couple of years, and there was a couple more years, and they were, it was like they were gone forever. Right. Same thing with Nine Inch Nails at the time. There, this silence of some of these major bands from 93, 95 to, to 98, 99. They needed a break. When, they needed some sleep. Well, they came back for Oh My God on the End of Days soundtrack that has Axl Rose and no one else. Uh, and it's not as bad as you would think. Okay, well, that's good. But it's not great. I mean, is this pre-plastic surgery Axl Rose or post-plastic surgery Axl Rose? I think he was posing for pictures at the time. All right, so we don't know. Yeah, exactly. He might have had bandages on his face like Sir, like The weekend on the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So we go on to The Prodigy. Okay. Next song, Rob Zombie. Yes. Next song, Eminem. Yes. Next song, Little Zombie, Power uh-huh. Man 5000. Okay. Stroke. Okay. Sonic Youth. Okay. And finish with Creed. Yeah. All the- bands that 
Arnold Schwarzenegger has no knowledge of. <laughs> but is there a more 1998 no. album? No. This album is like what life was like before the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears happened. Like Barely. Two, two weeks later right. on TRL, the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears happened and nobody cared about this no. stuff ever no again. Like weirdo dirtbags at OzFest, but that's about it. That's it. I mean, yeah, OzFest, you know, a little tangential, maybe juggalo over overlap, which, going to be honest, pretty sure if it's a juggalo driving the ice cream van in our neighborhood. Um, I have not stopped for sure, just looking out my front door, um, very cautious on it, but pretty sure that's the case. Our ice cream man looks like a straight-up murderer. and Kind of. I have... Me in 2002, you would have wondered about me. No. And... Not as a murderer. No. No. No, no, no. But I, I had I had a face and but boy. You did, but it involved but eyeliner. I, I don't really think eyeliner involves murder. There's a lot more tattoos and like face piercings and shaved heads. But our ice cream man in our neighborhood, we have not stopped to talk to him. He might be a lovely guy. He I, probably is. He made some choices in the nineties that he has not been able to take back. I have a great story about going to uh, test my emissions on my car. Mm-hmm. And the guy there was uh, showing me his tattoos. Right. All of his tattoos. He had the uh, Jack and Jake Jekyll tattooed on each calf. And he was really impressed and just telling me he was Juggalo for life and wanting to know if I'd ever heard. And I was like, well, you know, I feel like they're they're... Later music maybe suffers a bit after the Joker's cards are finished. That the you know the new music by by Twisted and Tech Nine that are you know tangentially related to them seems to maybe have more to say. And this guy just mouth dropped. Look <laughs> at this white middle aged guy. <laughs> he thought he was going to scare you. Just he a little thought bit. he was scaring white people, and I just. Like he just like looks at me, just mouth dropped. Like what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets it. Like last guy didn't get it. <laughs> right, exactly. Victor says what? <laughs> I that's always fun when that happens. People are. Uh, I don't know if they're impressed or surprised about my MMA knowledge. <laughs> Sorry that I've subjected you to so much MMA and, and professional wrestling from the late 80s and early 90s. I mean, some of that I watch just fine, but some of that is just like I look up and like, oh, is this, is this still on? Why is this on? And you've left the room and I'm still watching it. That happened last night. Uh, and, and there was no friends on. I couldn't find any old episodes of Friends to put on instead. Um, so I had to settle for ridiculousness. You have to figure out how to get HBO Max on. We have HBO Max. It's mm-hmm. included. Mm-hmm. But figuring out how to get to it. <laughs> they don't want you to use it. No. It is impossible to actually sign on to the thing. We have seven smart devices and we cannot <laughs> get HBO Max turned on. Ugh. <sighs> You know, there's going to be a level like we just reached that like, that's it. That's it. We're done. I, I'm i 40 now. I feel like I'm going to embrace no new technology. I feel like that's about the time my parents embrace. Like my dad was cutting edge on technology for most of my life. And then about 40, he just like stopped. And I think I'm going to do that too. All right. We'll see how that works. Yeah. <laughs>
Next thing I have written down is my complete Ocean's Eleven cock block on you. You did. She's talking about we got three witches, we need one more. Which, first of all, I think three witches is the appropriate number of witches from my... Historically, it is. You know, Maiden Mother Crone, Maiden Mother the other one, if you're a Terry Pratchett fan. Macbeth. But yeah, I don't think the fourth witch is really like, that's the one we need. We need our fourth. But according to this, they did, and they talked about it. Yes, and I said, we need one more? You think we need one more? I said, heh, cool Nothing, nothing. Did not give some Ocean's Eleven credit. Brad Pitt and I are disappointed. (laughs) How many times have we done that? So many times. That is a part of our regular lexicon. And I always acknowledge you. (sighs) You know, I don't know. Sorry. Do better. I guess. I guess. (laughs) So we got into a internet K-hole. As you do. As we do. Looking at the sixth day versus the end of days. On actress Sarah Winter. Right. Actress Sarah Winter is in End of Day. No, just, ah. well, we still can't even get it right. She's in the sixth Nobody day. Nobody cares. She's in the cloney one. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I was trying to explain to Jenny who she was. Right. And she didn't fully get it. And then like, she's the girl who moves to New York in the opening of the first episode of Sex in the City. And she's like, oh, her. Okay. I know her. Yes. Yes. Aware. Um, I think I probably know her best uh, from the season two of 24. I've not watched any 24. I feel like I miss out on a lot of that. I don't know why. But really, like, we like going around, 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 around. Her sister in 24, Laura Harris, who's probably best known for the movie, the sci-fi movie Habitat, or from the uh, show Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura Harris replaced Rebecca Gayhart on Dead Like Me after the first couple of episodes. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart had, I think, what we confabulated uh, Matthew Broderick. I think she had that happen for real and it's a tragic situation, but she had to step away for a little bit and Laura Harris went in to replace her playing Daisy Adair. Okay. And... I mean, does she have that look? I mean, because I always think of Rebecca Gayhart as being, like, not Denise Richards. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart is playing a different character. That character goes away. away, And this new character, the the old Southern Belle who, you know, she comes back, the blonde Southern Belle. Got it. And and she replaces her in the team. But a couple years after the show, when the movie came back, Laura Harris was unavailable. And they get Sarah Winter to play the same character and don't even mention it. So Sarah Winter, who plays her sister in Twenty Four, now plays her in Dead Like Me years huh, later. Okay, you know, all connected. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a thing. It's not that good of a thing, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's it's a bit of a thing. It makes you feel like you're like going like, oh ha, wait, what? And then oh, well, I, mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Mandy Patinkin is kind of a big deal in Dead Like Me, so it's got Mandy Patinkin. Oh, really? so, oh yeah, he's like I don't the. Even knew that. Yeah, he's like the wise old reaper. Huh. Okay. Yeah, he's like the the mentor. Okay, I didn't know that at it's, all. It's a pretty fun show. It's 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 a drama that sort of like if the people that were just sort of waiting for the person to die, like if if the Grim Reaper in a uh, movie 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 accidents. Crap! Help me out here. 
I'm not coming up with uh, Devin Sawa. Oh, uh, oh, Final Destination. Yeah, if if we're watching Final Destination, but from the point of the Grim Reaper. Okay. And it's really just a thing about what it's like to be alive. And Mandy Patinkin is just sort of giving you a treatise every week on how important life is and how you should treasure it while you're alive. Okay. I mean, I could, I could enjoy him being from that point of view. I mean, he's, he's been important in a lot of things, obviously. Um, we love Mandy Patinkin. If you're out there, Mandy Patinkin, if you're listening, <laughs> send us your address and we're going to come and hug you. And, and we will send you a bottle of <laughs> Ariel wine. But we may be in the box. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We have Sorry. our picture with Carrie Elways. And yes, right. We, we need one with you. We do. We do. We love you. Yes. We love you. We need you. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to stop getting creepy. Are we getting even more creepy in different <laughs> ways? I don't know. Um, so I have written down Little Witches. Yes. I said, forgive me, Father, for I am sin mm-hmm. was the tagline of this movie. It is not. Oh, okay. It is the tagline of a movie, Little Witches. Okay. That That just shows you. How much time I spent just wandering around in video stores in the late nineties. <laughs> that just, I remember taglines. Just reading taglines. Really random movies, getting the craft and little witches confused. Uh Little Witches looked a little bit into it. Uh starring Clea Duval, Robert Duval's daughter, uh, who was fantastic in But I'm a Cheerleader. If you haven't seen it, take the time to go. I don't know how well it's aged. Uh, that might be one that could have maybe aged poorly, but I it was absolutely fantastic. Watched it in a hotel, uh, going to a music festival. Yeah, just a great time. RuPaul, Natasha Leone. Oh, wow. That's an interesting cast. Natasha, is that her name from American Pie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a girl. Sons of Beverly Hills. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's about a girl who's kind of antisocial, so they send her to a uh, lesbian reassociation camp, and oh, okay. RuPaul is one then, of the counselors. Then that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Okay, but she's just you know she's just angry at the world, and, you know, as you are in the nineties, right? So they just assume she's a lesbian, and they send her to a reassociation <laughs> camp. Y'all, um, I'm sorry, this is what we knew about lesbianism in the nineteen nineties. That movie, lesbianism and feminism were. Ooh, unfortunately tied in a very strange level. Go back and watch old Ollie G videos and he doesn't understand the difference between the two. It's a point of uh, of humor. I mean, I Is kind of think that Sasha Baron Cohen... With, uh, with, with feminism? He's like, wicked. <laughs> I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen probably knew. He seems pretty woke. Uh, he got it before anybody he got, got, it, got it. But he, he is like the ultimate like satire like get it don't get it get like like uh, who knows he he dives so deep into what he's trying to to joke about it's tough yeah but apparently little witches also has a very size inclusive naked in the woods casting spell scene which is i really think kind of what i was expecting from this film so i I guess i mean i i don't know i don't know that i was expecting a lot of like naked spell scenes just because of how mainstream this movie was, but... I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe your family wasn't the same Puritan family mine was, but you just assume witches. You just think, you know, I saw Goody Campbell running naked in the woods with the devil. Right. I mean, I I know. I saw Goody Balk running naked in the woods with the devil. 
Yeah, but that that's a lot of like old Hawthorne type of stuff. But I mean, I I don't know. I mean, nudity and sex was was definitely edited, but that's not why. I, I don't even that would have been very secondary and as to why this movie should not have been watched. <laughs> so I just have written down seaworthy animals. And I just want you to run with it, babe. <laughs> just you just give me your treaties on seaworthy animals. <laughs> I just I, I don't know. I mean that that's what came out of my mouth. I mean, ocean dwelling animals, um, you know, sharks, whales, seals, I don't know. Um, but th- it works, right? That's 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 what they're doing. If they're not seaworthy, then they should probably. That's why they're on the beach. They weren't seaworthy. <laughs> God, like you know, da, 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 like they gotta be seaworthy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna. That might have to go into our lexicon. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I feel like it's a very June moment. June. I love you. I love you so much, <laughs> but that feels like a very June moment. It does. It does. But and June, deep- June, Diane Rayfield has now has a podcast. We've been recording these, not having released them just yet for actually several months. And now June, Diane Rayfield, who we love, we watch How to This Get or listen to How to This Get Made very regularly. Um, a deeper dive podcast. So. Don't know when I'm sure you had that in the works for a while, but no, no uh, treading, you know. No, when we're going deeper, we're not trying to do a deeper dive. Now we are maybe ripping off the last fan that has their deep dive, but we've been definitely. I mean, in my line of work, I describe a a conversation I'm having with someone as a deep dive weekly. So Mm. that's part of my life on a regular basis. So. Uh, that that's no me aping on anyone other right. than myself but love you june yes absolutely hope 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 we can talk soon yes yes if you guys ever have any interest in i really about- feel like how to this get made we could very well have some sort of crossover episode absolutely. that seems very absolutely. likely throwing it out there into the world yes <laughs> You got to speak it if you want to believe her. That's right. right. That's right. That, right. that That's where we come from. <laughs> <laughs> so what does $175,000? I'm going to put my Virginia Slim down for a second <laughs> to ingest that information. It's a decent chunk of change. Right. It's a. About $400,000 in today's money. That's not nothing. Which, you know, in LA versus Nashville makes it about 220 towards what we're, you know, what we're doing Got in it. Nashville Got here. Got it. So it is life changing. Right. But they don't buy a home. They don't make like a permanent investment, which 220, whatever you just said, is probably not going to make a permanent, you know, for us in, in, in our life here in Nashville does not make a permanent investment very well either. Um, they get an apartment very much what that seems like. I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Cause they seem like they're picking a very posh type of apartment with a lot of high end type of accessories. And like I said, I'm pretty sure that Mustang 
that she's driving mm-hmm. is probably a part of that spending. We looked at many house listings for $400,000 in LA and could not find anything bigger than a thousand square foot. But that's right now, right? Yeah, that's not, that, but that's, you know, that, that's... I mean, that's not going to be significantly different, right. you know, however many years ago. And I think the last thing that I have written down here is uh, Gustav Klint. Yes. We went back and, yes, that was Gustav Klint written mm-hmm. on the mirror in, in her weird fever dream. That's weird. I mean, Gustav Klint does not, to me, doesn't have any kind of um, representation from a... Uh, oh crap! I can't get the word. Like a witchy or a any kind of thing like that. I mean, just it's just a an, a German artist. Um, I had a poster of the kiss in my college dorm. I think that was just part of a thing. So I don't really know why that. It seems more like I should get a poster from Gustav Klimt. Let me write a reminder on my mirror right here <laughs> so I don't forget. I think it was just a little small moment of, like, here you go. Like, girl who got this at Hot Topic or whatever and put it on your wall. Like, you saw that in three frames in the corner written I on caught a mirror. It. I caught it. I did. I mean, I knew exactly what it was. Because that that was the thing. I mean, I don't think anyone was interested in anything Gustav Klimt other than The Kiss. Which I think is supposed to be Guinevere and um, King Arthur. Really? I believe so. Okay. That's that's pulling way back. But I think that that is who that's supposed to be. So, I mean, it's highly romantic, you know, on a lot of different levels. I mean, it's doing it for me now that you're talking about that. <laughs> um, I don't think you have in your notes, but um, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Okay. Talk to me, babe. All right. So... You know, we talked about the fact that and that was a game we played at sleepovers. I, I don't know where it came from. Um, it was just something that we did. I don't know that we ever actually believed that we were going to make someone float. But it was just, you know, on the same level as learning, like, you know, clap, clap, like classic clap games or teaching ourselves a dance or any of those things. But I was curious because you, know, you seem to catch on and, and, and this is probably true that like it, it was in the realm of like, well, it worked for somebody somewhere at some time. Like it was very much a hearsay kind of thing. So like, I, I just wondered too, like, was this a 1980s thing? Was this a 1970s thing? It is a, a 1600s. Oh thing. my goodness. It is so bad. But at the same time, it is very much hearsay. So the oldest known, this is from Wikipedia, oldest known levitation play comes from the diary of Samuel Pepys, I believe. He lived from 1633 to 1703. He was a British naval administrator. Pepys' account of levitation play comes from a conversation with a friend of his. So still... Not something he saw. The 1600s naval officer doesn't sound nearly as sexy as a bunch of girls at a sleepover. It doesn't. But still, it was a conversation from a friend of his, Mr. Brisbane. That doesn't, that sounds made up. (laughs) Mr. Brisbane. Right. Who claimed to have seen four little girls playing light as a feather, stiff as a board in Bordeaux, France. Ooh. Okay. Now it's getting sexy now that it's in France. Pepe's account of 
Peppa's account of Mr. Brisbane's experience reads, He saw four little girls, very young ones, all kneeling, each of them upon one knee, and one began the first line whispering in the ear of the next, the second to the third, and the third to the fourth, and she to the first. That's ridiculously overwritten. Um, <laughs> then the first begun the second line. And so in a round type of way, I guess, putting one finger um, only to the boy that lay flat on his back on the ground as if he was dead. At the end of the words they did with their four fingers, raise the boy high as they could reach. And he quotes Mr. Brisbane being there wondering at it as also being a feared to see it for they would have had him to have bore a part in saying the words in the room of one of the little girl girls that was so young that they could it hardly make her learn to repeat the words for fear there might be some slight used into the boy. this is getting ridiculous or that the boy might be light call the cook of the house a very lusty fellow as he <laughs> sir g carrots cook who is very big, and they did raise him in the same manner. Okay. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but. So basically, four what little girls happening? that, like, whisper to themselves, like, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Like, a little bit of boy. Like, they're like, cool, we did this. Mr. Brisbane's like, what? I'm scared in the corner. And then the fat cook, I and guess. French broads and the lusty cooks. Right, and- right. And they they lifted him too. That's what it sounds like. But I've heard some pub songs about French <laughs> girls and lusty cooks. And they were way more interesting than this. Right. It's, it's a little ridiculous. But the next recording is still in the Magician's Own Book in 1857. So this has a, a long-standing tradition of of a some sort of parlor game um it does not sound like it has ever been truly something that has worked as if because no one has per wikipedia actually witnessed it wow man urban legends wow that so fun that is so great and send us in your what urban legends did you grow up with what urban legends does anybody know any urban legends now? I mean, I, I know feel conspira- like internet conspiracy theories, but that's 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 different. That's different. I feel like our most prevalent urban legend would be the Bell Witch mm-hmm. for us. I mean, like kind of regionally, um, but this was part of it too. I mean, it, it was part of every sleepover that I was ever a part of in my home, which my mother, I don't know if she knew about it or didn't know about it or didn't care or, or whatever, but it didn't seem to be affected by the same rules of the occult as other things did. So, yeah. So I guess we're going to wrap up the craft on that. Yeah. You got anything left? I think that's it. All right. So send us in your memories of the craft, your memories of, of childhood seances, of, of witchcraft at slumber parties. of Right. Or if you want to try uh, whatever it's called, wine. Yes. Yes. And just let us know. We'll send you a box. Yes. And, uh, you know, let us know what you're what you're thinking of for, for next. Um, so moving forward, it's summer. Yes. Hot, hot, hot. It's warm. I think we're going to go to the beach next. Yes. Sounds sexy. (laughs) We're going to welcome to our podcast 
a extraordinarily young Demi Moore mm-hmm. and a maybe not so young Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I think it's time for Blame It on Rio. All right, let's do it. All right. You got anything else, babe? I think that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Love to hear your feedback. Um, hit up, hit us up on Instagram, Forbidden Podcast, um, or on our Gmail, Forbidden or Forbidden Cinema Podcast. Sorry, Forbidden Cinema on Instagram or Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, throw on some sunscreen. That's right. Throw off most of your clothes and uh, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Sun's out, tits out. Woo! All right. <laughs> See you guys. Bye.